0: What's going on, boys and girls? We got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the show for the second time Richard Cho, the villain, Pug the Goat, whatever you want to call him. He gave me a terrific interview. Lots of fun. Talked about a lot of different things. Um, You know, trolls on the internet, social media, of course, the ongoing beef of him and Taylor Atwood, and just breaking down competitors in the 74 kg weight class. Um, Really awesome interview, and of course, when he's on, it's just a lot of fun. But before we get into the episode with Richard Cho, I want to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros Apparel. Ladies and gentlemen, visit LeflarBrosApparel.com and get yourself some merchandise. I love every single piece of clothing they release. I've said on the show before, I am a sucker for baseball tees. I love the baseball tees that they have. Get yourself that tank tops, t-shirts, beanies. I love beanies as well. Use promo code 2WL10. That is 2WL10, and you will get 10% off of your order. Also, be on the lookout. There's going to be a little giveaway coming up, so pretty exciting. Can't wait to give some stuff away from Left Lab Rose Apparel. Also, the show is brought to you by Rival Us, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Rivalist.net, use promo code ANGELO15, and get 15% off of your pre-workout, your protein, your creatine, your branched chain amino acids, any merchandise. Use promo code ANGELO15 and save yourself some money on supplements. And, without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Ooh, baby, I like it is monday february 3rd and the kansas city chiefs are your super bowl champions congratulations andy reed you can have three stakes tonight um and patrick mahomes could put all the ketchup he wants on stakes um Yeah, I'm recording this before I watch the Super Bowl, so I'm just trying to be on the right side of history, and I think the Chiefs are going to win, so if the 49ers win tonight, well, I'm going to look like an idiot, which is something that I'm used to, but we got a terrific episode of Two White Lights. The favorite podcast of Greg Knuckles is back, and we had a great interview, talk, conversation. I don't even call it an interview, more of just a talk between me and... And Richard Cho, this is his second time on Two White Lights, and this time was even better than the first, and I thought we nailed it the first time, too. So I already gave you the preview before the episode started, what we talked about. Terrific interview with him. Um, Just a little housekeeping things. I'm going to try this week to get someone who competed at the hybrid meet on or multiple people. Um, It's going to be, you know, I, I have not even reached out to... Well, I've reached out to one, technically, but I haven't reached out to any of the people that I would like to come on the show, so um, yeah, no no promises on who I can get, won't tell you who it is, but that is my goal for the next week, Is because the hybrids meet is going on as we speak, and there's been just some incredible lifts going on, uh, Steffi Cohen opened his world record. Kevin Oak, if I could quote all of Instagram, is not human. The guy's on a whole nother level of strength. Just some some great lifts. So, uh, yeah, we're going to try to get someone who competed that on the show. But before we do any of that, you got to listen to this interview, this conversation I had with Richard the Villain Show. And as promised, I got with me via FaceTime. At this point, he's a reoccurring guest Second time on the show. I'm excited to have him on. Big fan of this guy, Richard Cho. How you doing, man?
1: Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for having me on here, man. I appreciate it.
0: No problem. Pleasure's all mine. First question, who do you hate more, people who troll you on your back arch on bench or Taylor Atwood?
1: Oh, that's an easy one, man. That's easy. I, I actually love the comments, so. though.
0: Do you love those comments? <laughs> like It It actually triggers me when people make fun of your... Or, or, ridicule your back arch because one i love it as far as like a technical standpoint and Mm -hmm. two it's not even the most triggering bench arch in powerlifting i can name like five or six guys who have a way more triggering bench arch than you
1: yeah you know what's funny is like a lot of the top guys don't even have that great of an arch um you know compared to someone that has like a very small torso like sean he has by far one of the best uh arches or that recent uh heavyweight lifter that was featured on Mm -hmm. uh king of the lifts right um he has an incredible arch but for me personally i i respond to people people dm me saying you know don't like give these guys a time of day guys it's like it's my pastime i fucking love this it's so funny um when i respond to these people uh i kind of want to provide you guys a show to see uh, uh a little bit of um what i go through on the daily basis um kind of like dumb comments that i get and you know just just have a little bit of fun entertainment there
0: yeah the commenting of it is there's a if it really does trigger you and upsets you people could kind of tell a difference between if you are commenting as a complete sarcastic jackass or as someone who is legitimately angry and i've seen both i've seen both in powerlifting people who make like five page long stories on their feed of how they hate these trolls, and they don't understand the dedication and will it takes to be a great powerlifter and have this big bench, or you just leave, like, a three-comment response, and that is a chef's kiss way better than getting actually triggered at it. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, and if if anything, it's just, like, a good way for you to kind of hone in your, your, uh, your reply skills, right, if you're trying to have a dialogue with someone that you don't necessarily like, you're going to... Uh, have to think about something whereas you know these kind of things just come up more fluently if you just respond to your community or the community that you don't like
0: (laughs) oh yeah for sure and it's 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 all it's always having fun with it that is even better like you got to keep those comments on those instead unless it's like extremely like crazy hateful um i i usually do delete those because it's just someone trying to get a rise out of people and i just not gonna respond to that but like when somebody asks me how much i conventional deadlift i'm like oh this is gonna be fun i have so many things i could say about conventional deadlift and how much i do and like well there's no proof that i can't do 800 with conventional so i'm gonna say i could probably do 800 pounds conventional deadlifting who knows mm-hmm. i that that's my response to how much how much i can conventional
1: yeah on that note you um you see on youtube a lot more hateful comments because when it comes to social media presence you're A lot more distance from that account than you are of Instagram, where uh, you probably know and interact with more people that uh, live around you, your friends, etc. So you're not going to see as hateful of comments on those platforms. But um, yeah, I I agree. I tend not to delete any comments, but I have had situations where people would, you know, comment something in the lines of like, like ugly ass chink or something like something Mm. that I don't normally get, uh, and it's probably a step step up from like the hateful comments. And then they would end up deleting it. So they, like, my assumption is that they want me to see it on my notifications, and then they delete it so that they don't get the repercussions of, um, you know, re- reposting it on my story and then, like, my community hating on this guy, right?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, whenever it gets into that realm, like, if I can come back and bite them in the ass, and they know that. And, like, most of the people who make those comments are either, it's like, there's no line there. It's either middle schoolers or dudes with, like, nine-to-five jobs who they work in an office And if their boss finds that they're commenting on, like, a 25-year-old's YouTube page and being racist or uh, homophobic, they will get fired immediately. Or it's a middle schooler who just doesn't have any parental guidance on his smartphone.
1: Yeah, definitely. They just don't understand the balance between, like, what is acceptable and what isn't and what could potentially uh, harm you in the longer run when it comes to like finding a career and something
0: yeah i do like when people call me gay though on my social media because i'm like i really can't believe you think that's insulting me by calling me gay <laughs> like yeah, i guys yeah. i don't care if you think that yeah. like if i am gay cool if i'm not gay awesome there's no way you're ever gonna insult me by calling me gay i will have fun with it until until i fall asleep at night
1: yeah, I didn't even know that's a thing. What, like, well, f- well, why no not? I mean,
0: I don't know. Like, it could be the short shorts that I wear. I had a man bun for a while. I was very clean shaven for a while. I've uh-huh. gotten some gay comments before, and I was like, "Thank you, that is very nice that you think I have a great fashion sense and great sense that's of humor exactly of homosexuals." I like, I, I'm like, I'm like, I because like, dude, this the guy. It's like he's like his deadlift is gay. I'm like, well, it's beautiful, so it's obviously gay.
1: Yeah, it's like borderline a compliment. Thank yeah,
0: you. Yeah, I, I, like this is, it's like we're at a point where I'm not in middle school and I'm not going to get offended if someone calls me gay. You call me gay, gay people are awesome. That is no longer an insult. It's like calling me a, it's like, it's like, man, look at this Italian guy. Like, it's not an insult, man. If someone's gay, they're gay. They can't help it. So, also, a lot has changed since the, the first interview we had, and you mentioned it, Um, YouTube channel.
1: Right, yeah. I am pursuing uh, different avenues when it comes to social media, I think. Um, it's it's smart to, you know, for me personally, my Instagram has been growing up uh, a lot mm-hmm. in the last, so I, I broke 10,000, which took me like four
0: years. And and yeah. from the first time we interviewed, you surpassed me on following, so that's... Oh, okay. Because okay. I was like at 15,000 when, uh, or like 14,000 when we did a first interview, and you were like just below 10, and now I think you're over 15. So, congrats. You beat me on that. Right.
1: Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Give me uh, give me a month, I'll be podcasting you next time. So
0: Do it. We need more of them. We need more of them. We need more podcasts. You would have yeah, a dope can, po- you would have a dope even. podcast.
1: You think so? Oh yeah, for like,
0: sure. Just, you would have a dope here. podcast.
1: Here's the thing though, like the way I run an Instagram and my social media platforms I'm uh toxic, right? not to the level of like people don't want to be around me, but um you know, if I did something like that, I kind of uh let it seep into my personal life like doing a podcast of that sort
0: um i don't think it'd be a good situation for me personally mm-hmm. yeah. well it depends like you the great thing about it is you can dictate wherever your podcast goes like if you want it to be informational you can make it informational you want to be entertaining you can make it entertaining but i mean all up to you i just think that as an art like based on how certain powerlifters aren't as articulate think you kind of nail that down and you have some pretty good takes and you understand the sport so we need more of those podcasts as opposed to like the clout grab podcast
1: thank you man i appreciate that and actually on that note um you can definitely tell you know someone might have a ridiculous social media following and start a podcast and have it flop yeah right And, and that really shows you uh how much of a personality matters when it comes to uh, practically everything outside of just posting your lifts on mm-hmm. Instagram, right? Uh, for someone like you who might not necessarily be uh, top two or three in the 83 KG, still relatively strong, but have a very strong following because of your podcast and your personality. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, you, you see other guys that try to make podcasts um, and they bring in people of like different levels of clout and it, it might not, it doesn't do that well compared to uh, guys like you. Yeah, so, for sure. and yeah, yeah, that's... Pro- Props for that.
0: Yeah, um, I appreciate it, and that was like kind of always my goal with podcasting, is just bring lifters who I like and have a good conversation with that other people can either get entertained or informed on. Number one goal, entertainment, but if you want to get informed on this too, it's, it's fucking up to you, man. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so YouTube channel, how's that going?
1: Yeah, it's going amazing. Uh, So first things first, uh, last month I broke 10K on Instagram, and I thought in my head, you know, I should probably take this Uh, and... Try, try doing it with other social media platforms because it'd be kind of foolish of me not to uh, mm-hmm. take advantage of what's happening right now. And then within the course of one month, something that took me uh, four years to obtain, uh, I'm practically double that. So I'm nearing 20K and, and the rate has been growing exponentially. Um, I started YouTube last year and uh, for my first like six months, I had maybe 300 subs or something along those lines. And then uh, fast forward, uh, I started making videos this month and it's been about four weeks since I started making videos for a consistent period, and now I'm breaking five nice. K.
0: Um,
1: so, and, and, it, and it helps me a lot because it makes me want to uh, provide a lot more quality content. You see me doing my three minute segments, um, and it's not necessarily talking about oh, do you want to wear a belt? Do you want to wear wrist wraps? More so uh, the nuanced things that I like to talk about with my friends and the things that I like to incorporate to make me that, like, uh, 0.1% better in powerlifting. Because when Mm -hmm. it comes to other knowledge, you can find that anywhere. But when it comes to things like uh, having elbow drive in your squat or uh, fingertip hook grip, right, I don't think many people talk about that as opposed to fingertip uh, alternate grip. Um, Just things of that nature, I want to expose the community to uh, the things that I grow through and the things that I think about on a day-by-day basis. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, you know, just grow everything. Grow my Twitter, uh, maybe TikTok one day, we'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I still to this. I still don't understand what TikTok is.
1: It's so funny, man. I'm like, I'm beginning to appreciate that generation's humor. Um, I think one of my next videos will probably be going on YouTube and watching some uh, TikToks that uh, resonate Vine energy, mm-hmm. right? That's our that's our uh, generation's social media.
0: Yeah, I think I told because I do work with like kids who are into that generational humor of TikToks, and I'm like. You guys are getting the watered down version of Vine. Vine was the true form of like TikToks, like what 10 second videos and just and, and you have to make your joke instant and funny. TikTok, I'm just looking at it I'm like some of them are hilarious but I'm like mm-hmm. why is there just a lot of people like lip singing? I don't get it. I don't how I don't understand the entertainment behind people lip singing.
1: I think it's the opposite. I think it, it is like Vine, but mm-hmm. um, obviously there's more younger generation humor. But when it comes to the software and what you can do with TikTok, it's a lot more uh, comprehensive than Vine. Like You can just – the effects, like, it's so funny, man. I, mm-hmm. I love TikTokers, and I can see why um, they're getting famous now. Like, instead of, like, having the Vine stars, you have the TikTok stars, and they're all going to YouTube as well. Um, yeah, something I hopefully I can do with Instagram.
0: Yeah, and also I'm, I'm starting to get a little – because I – When I first started, you know, the fitness, um, just my fitness journey, when I graduated college, wanted to just work out, look good, I got on YouTube immediately. YouTube was my source of getting any sort of information, whether it be 3DMJ, Dr. Lane Norton, uh, Matt Ogus. Matt Ogus was thrown in there, too. Like, those guys kind of fell off when I started powerlifting, stopped watching. Now, I'm starting to get back onto YouTube because... I'm going to start checking out your page, but Noriega's page has been doing great too. And I see like the edits and the quality of it. I'm like, all right, this is, they're close to me as opposed to like in the sense of they're competitive and they have the same goal as I do. And mm-hmm. now that we have more of these channels kind of coming up, I'm really excited to see like the growth of it. So I might be more involved on YouTube because as a spectator, I'm never, probably never going to have a YouTube page that's, based on my training it's gonna be if i do have a youtube page it's gonna be on the podcast
1: yeah now all the top lifters are starting this uh attempt youtube as well i think um sean was definitely one of the first like elite level lifters that delved into youtube in my opinion Mm -hmm. Uh, outside of like someone like russ who's been doing it for quite some time uh the type of people that became elite and then started filming yeah and then now now i think heather connor has one right Um, You know, just a bunch of other people are starting to uh, delve into into YouTube. I think it's a good idea. I think people want to see what these elite-level people are doing Mm because, like, they don't really know that, like, oh, behind the scenes, these guys are teachers. These guys are engineers, doctors.
0: Yeah, and when I tell people, it's... When I tell people at work that they're like, how are you a teacher if you're a powerlifter? I was like... Because this is my profession. Powerlifting is not my profession. It's like, but you're a competitive powerlifter, so that doesn't pay you? And like, no, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't pay. It's like, if you're performing at a high level in most sports, of course you're going to get paid, but not in this one. But you have to find a venue to do that. And you're doing that in two ways now, right? You got the YouTube, and you're also diving into a little bit of apparel.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, uh, first apparel was the, um, the, well, actually I started it last year and everything, uh, revolving around my apparel has been for charity mm-hmm. and it has always been for charity. Last year we raised up around, like, I always match the funds as well, but we had about like $1,500, uh, donated last year. And this year, uh, we delved around the four to five K and then I'm also collabing with notorious slippers. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys will see more information in the future, but hopefully with that, we can, uh, Uh, have a 10k fund for um, scholarships and grants. Uh, The key here is to give back to the community. So anyone that's reaching for something great, uh, we want to help them reach uh, that goal without having to worry about
0: finances. Oh man, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool, man. Um, Mm -hmm. We, we had like a show topic on like what, at what point does a lifter become a sellout? And I think that a lot of people don't realize when someone has an apparel or equipment company that they're trying to start. By the way, anyone trying to start their own business is not a sellout. That's what that drives me nuts about what I saw about the uh, whole sellout thing when we posted yeah. that topic was like when someone tries to start their own business, they're not a sellout. They're trying to start their own business. Do you guys mm-hmm. not you, and then as they call people sellouts, they're wearing like an eight man strong shirt like yeah your friend is trying to do the same exact thing
1: yeah yeah but
0: you're willing to support a company that popular lifters are wearing and not your friend who's trying to do the same exact thing but mm. has and a lot of people don't realize that a lot of it does go to charities i know elite FTS. i think um i could be wrong on this but joe sullivan believe, said a lot of their funds go to like multi-needs kids and people with some um, like severe disabilities and a lot of the the revenue they generate goes to that, and like when you get sponsored by those things, it's not necessarily you're getting sponsored by them. You, the exposure and marketing you put forward is going to that charitable cause as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, in my opinion, if you're a viewer, you're a consumer. The thing that you should be looking out for when it comes to watching these influencers on Instagram or YouTube is. Um, what kind of products are they promoting, mm-hmm. right? It, um, a lot of the people, they have the mindset of when I get sponsored, I'm going to um, only promote and push the products that I personally believe in and use, uh, which is something that I'm aiming for myself, mm-hmm. right? But if that's the case, it's something that they already use, they've already been doing. Um, like I'm working with RP Diet and RP Strength right now, and um, they've had close collaborations with a lot of um, affiliates that I work with in Korea, uh, um, I, I believed them for quite some time anyway. And, you know, me uh, being a fan of like very large weight cuts and science backing those weight cuts, mm-hmm. um, that's what they do. And that's yeah. why I support them. Um, and then, you know, uh, if you see someone promoting, you know, CBD pens, right, mm-hmm. that might be a different story. Maybe they use it, but you don't know. Maybe they didn't use it until they got sponsored. So that's not, that's, that's like almost selling out too. But in the end, it's their decision and it's your choice or it's your you have to make that decision as a consumer whether to support this person or not based on what they're pushing Mm -hmm. and um you know to say that like if they push anything is selling out is just ridiculous to me
0: oh yeah for sure because i made this post before on just on my my story on instagram story of it's one of the most it's one of the saddest things you can see in powerlifting is when a guy you admired or a girl you admired for a long time starts slowly becoming an influencer and then people started DM- They thought I was like subtweeting people. Like they thought oh, I, okay. they thought I was subtweeting people. They're like, oh, who are we subtweeting? Wow. I'm like, and the guy like they all thought I was talking about Russ.
1: Really? They thought Russ? I
0: was talking about Russ. And then it's like, yo, why don't you at Russ? I'm like, because I'm not talking about Russ. In my mind, Russ is not an influencer. In my mind, Russ is not a sellout. The dude is back to back national champion, world champion. So mm-hmm. obviously the co- Competitiveness on him is high because he's only dominated the 83s for like three years in a row now. And then he's starting his own business, he's doing his own thing. That get better today thing is his idea. I'm never gonna disrespect the guy for having the hustle to be an entrepreneur, and those same people whine that there's not enough money in powerlifting. Oh my, that's
1: exactly what I was going to say, but I'll let you say it. Go ahead.
0: If, if there's not enough money in powerlifting, you got to hustle for your money. This is how we make our money in powerlifting, sponsorships, uh, mm. companies that we get behind, starting your own company, starting your own gym. There is not money for winning meets, but there mm. are money. there is money to be made, and I'm never going to knock a person for trying to make money.
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot of it's just deep-rooted insecurities from these people. Uh, whether they like it or not, they they um they probably see it as, oh wow, what an easy way of making money, right? And then a lot of uh, a lot of their hatred stems from that, which uh,
0: I understand, but I don't agree with. Well, I mean, I mean, don't you want money to sometimes be easy to make? Well, what's, I mean, the, what's is, the glory of glory time working hard for somebody if, well, yeah
1: what is the definition of mogul right like why do you want to be a mogul you, just so you can push the work on other people and then uh the 10 or 15 years that you spend uh just killing yourself you can live the next 30 40 years just relaxing mm-hmm. right and, and that's a lot of people's dreams uh myself included right yeah I, I don't see any problems with that
0: yeah and i think we are always we, we are we are pretty much program to want to make as much money as possible and i always say smart work always beats hard work if you could find the way to make the quickest amount of money with being legitimate and legal and not deceiving people i think deception is wrong but i i just i mean there are people in powerlifting who definitely do that i was not referring to russ when i was talking about people slowly becoming influencers i was in fact talking about mark bell who is trying to sell people kratom is he yeah, he had a post a while ago and the way he marketed it pissed me off. It was like this new product will, you know, make your C B D oil look like blah 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 blah. I'm like that's not even regulated, right? I don't I don't think people should be taking Kratom, You know? <laughs> I just don't think yeah, I don't know how regulated it is, but then I saw that, I was like, so people who follow Mark Bell, people are super, you know, influenced by this dude. Mm-hmm. Are, they could just buy kratom without doing any research on their own? Of mm-hmm. like just like that to me is bad. And then like the other spectrum was Larry Wheels, where I was watching Larry Wheels for a long time. Just like how the hell can this twenty-three year old guy do this? He does everything. He does everything amazing too: squat, bench, deadlift, and strongman. Now he's getting his girlfriend dipping her head in a mop bin and then oh, yeah. watching the floor. I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? What's going on? <laughs> what like how did this change in two years? That, to me, is a sad thing to see. But people trying to make money in the sport, sometimes selling out isn't a bad thing.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're just trying do, to make money in a, in a the right sport that has man. no money, do it. Yeah, yeah. Like As long as you follow the right steps and guidelines, mm-hmm. you're selling a program, don't make it terrible. Oh yeah. Right. Make it very quality, then fine. Right. There are definitely correct ways of doing this and going down the wrong path and doing things like selling Kratom. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, i agree and then yeah and then another the coaching thing is the big one where we're getting people who are not qualified to be coaching anyone coaching and then yeah leading I, them.
1: I, I saw that that too i'm not like so i'm, I'm assuming you're not going to refer to the person that you're talking about but oh, I, I mean i could
0: i uh, could well, you know what there's actually a good point i'm actually going to bring it up because garrett bought up the lifting llama i forget her name I only know Sam, her. Sam, yeah. Yeah, I only know her. I'm, I apologize. I only know people by Instagram. <laughs> that's, when, that's when you know you're a true power lifter is when you're only referred to by your uh, uh, Instagram, Instagram handle. Instagram, yeah. Yeah. But when I saw that, I'm like, okay, <laughs> there is truth to be said about this. And me and Garrett even talked about it too. Mm-hmm. I try to get my message across in a way that makes sense for everyone. I don't think that that person should have been insulted for what they were doing. And of course, we are never going to get the full context of what happened, of what actually Mm -hmm. happened. So that's why you save your insults and like the public berating of people because it can get ugly quick. But what I said was if you are a beginner coach, you should not charge over $100 or over $150 for coaching because if you are a beginner employee or starting off with a low salary as a you know, entry-level salary type thing, you get promoted and you earn more money because you are more qualified to handle the position that you were given. I don't want to, I'm like, this is what should be said and this is the message that should be displayed. I'm not going to insult anyone. I'm not going to call out people. I'm not going to bring up their Wilkes. I'm not going to go on openpowerlifting.org and, like, look how bad their deadlift is. Look how much they bombed out. I am clearly stating the facts here and what I believe is the truth.
1: I, I like that about your story because you post, or you, uh, you didn't necessarily take anyone's side. You crit- criticized both people, mm-hmm. um, and on my stand on that, I DM'd him as well. I said, uh, personally, uh, we don't know how how the quality of someone's coaching based on how long they've been lifting or how mm-hmm. how strong they are, and not only that, but when it comes to the demand of that individual, if they have a lot of followers. And they they want to pick up coaching and they can't take in everyone um, the only route for that to if you're trying to be intelligent with how you're managing your money is to, is to match the demand with a higher price mm-hmm. right that, that's something that I've, I've had to stop coaching three or four times in the last two years just because I, I personally couldn't handle the time commitment um, and I used to charge extravagantly low, low prices uh, back when I first started whereas now I haven't been coaching for quite some time. And uh, I'm planning on picking it back up after my MCATs, and I know exactly what I'm going to charge, and it's going to be very high because I know the demand and I know my worth, right? Mm-hmm. So for us to assume those two things from someone that we don't even know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just it's just very disrespectful.
0: Yeah, and I think again, Garrett had some truth behind that. People reposted it. There was some truth behind it, but mm-hmm. it's like you gotta be careful how far you go into. The criticism and the ridicule because it can get ugly it can get ugly quick and if you're going to keep going with that you might not get all the facts and you need all the facts if you're going to do that um but garrett did we did talk about he's like i'm sorry he like kind of didn't he's like you i like how you put it he's like i just can't be subtle he's like there is no way in my life that i could be subtle i'm like yeah "Yeah, that's right i'm like garrett Garrett is really never going to be level-headed about anything. He's, that's mm-hmm. that's who he is, and that's really why I love him is because yeah, of yeah, how me too. That's exactly what aggressive I he is and just how like he can go on to those rants that are just legendary. But I was like, okay, there's some truth behind that, and I know the person that he's referring to, but I don't think persons will to be displayed. I think that that should never be even considered. I think a person, sure, who competed is suited to be a coach, but – I can make the flip side. If you have a 550 Wilks, I think you should not. I don't think that automatically makes you a good coach.
1: Oh, there are terrible lifters that have over 500 Wilks. I think it has no – well, obviously, there's a little bit of understanding that the higher your Wilks is, um, the more time that you spend in the community, therefore you have a little Mm -hmm. bit more knowledge. But, um, no, I know a lot of people that have over 500 Wilks, and I would not trust them. Yeah,
0: and if I was going to take it a step further. If you were talking about their coaching – I would say, you know, the person called in the question is way more qualified to coach people than me. Mm-hmm. And my Wilkes is way better than 300. Mm-hmm. I would not recommend anyone get coached by me. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. I, if <laughs> I will pay you not to get coached <laughs> yeah, by Yeah, it's like I will saying. recommend everyone else. Because <laughs> yeah. the only time I, like, I said I would coach someone, I'm like, if you're going to do the PH3 program, I am not going to charge you. I will look at your lifts and tell you what you're doing wrong. Like, and I will handle you your meat. I'm like, I am not getting your money from this, and I'm not going to make any program because I have no idea what I'm doing. And if you talk to Joe, there's going to be a lot of things that he's going to tell you. Like, yeah, he doesn't know pretty, like, basic things that he shouldn't do. Like, right.
1: I mean, 14, like, I, I think I understand this coming from the dude that has been deadlifting with heeled shoes for yeah. so long. And then all of a sudden, hey, look what happened. You take off the shoes and dang. Get, get like world record territory right there. So that, that's what happens when you have a good coach.
0: Yeah. And that's what, and that's what I'm trying to tell people I'm like, guys, I made really stupid mistakes because there was no guidance and that was it. I was the only one guiding myself and I just didn't mm. know what was going on. So no, I don't think that anyone's will should be displayed on deciding on who's a good coach or not. I think there's a lot. I think if you are a beginner coach, you should charge accordingly. And that was the message I was just trying to really articulate. All right. Talk about the apparel. I, I from the last time we talked, you did that USPA meet. You were trying to break that all-time uh, drug-tested world record. Um, unfortunately, didn't get it. What are your plans for meets in twenty <clears> twenty?
1: <throat> um. Let's see. I so really my my timeline and my short-term timeline of what I've been doing so far is uh, I have a meet in May, but I have. First, I have my MCAT exam on the fourth of April, which I will also be uh, filming just for, um, just so I can kind of like, if, if I don't do well, I, I'll embarrass myself, right? So it's also another incentive for me to do well. Hmm. Uh, plus, like I'm sure people want to know what I've been doing.
0: That's interesting. Um, All right.
1: And not only that, but uh, I have that meeting in May, or in May, uh, and then I will hopefully hit that 800 kg total. Um, I do have a lot of things to say about my competitors, uh, and I'll probably go over it in brief, uh, briefly, but I do want to make a video about that as well, which I'll probably end up making, uh, you know, before before the Arnold, which is when uh, Michael C. competes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we might as well bring it up now. Um, the 74KG rivalry just heated up again, like, out of nowhere. Do you just, mm. were you just bored one day? it's like, Eh, let's do it. Let's stir the pot. <laughs> like it's been boring yeah. recently. No one has talked No one has talked any smack to each other in like a good solid three months. So let's just do it. And then, yeah. Now, it's reposted by everyone. Austin's getting in on it. Michael's getting in on it. You know, two white lights posted. Michael say. Uh, Michael sees bench press. King of the lifts used my post to start their thing. So, thank you for giving me credit for that. But um, so. Yeah, what started it?
1: Okay, um, actually, thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to talk about your post as well. Uh, the first thing is, I don't necessarily start things without um, being pushed to And for me personally, when I saw Taylor's post saying, uh, "It said it was a photo of him with many medals, uh, holding that number one pose," and then he hashtagged something along the, along the lines of like, um, like. Like, world champion or best or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then to me, it's like, I wonder why you would post that randomly and, and like, not expect anything. Like, to me, it's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're injured, you're not doing well, and then you're still saying that you're going to be the best. So, I, I responded with a 2019 world champion, which is a factual statement. Um, and I don't think he's going to be the champion in 2020. Um, well, he, will, he probably will be the world champion, but not... Uh, the best lifter in the USAPL
0: mm-hmm.
1: now that that's what started it and then uh, subsequently he blocked me uh, on my personal account which is really strange because I, d- I didn't even think he knew that account and I don't know there's a lot of things going on I don't I'll probably talk about it in the video my own I, I got to save some content for myself right mm-hmm. but this leads me to the question why do you think that Michael is going to be the first one to hit 800
0: well, it's not even necessary 800. I just think that he was so close last year, and I mm-hmm. think if he fix, if he just with some fortune and fix some of the mistakes he's made, mm-hmm. he would be my odds-on favorite to win. Now, plus 200 to win. Because if I was taking bets, because I'm a, I, I do occasionally bet on um, sports. Mm-hmm. If I was taking bets, I'll put Michael at plus 200, and that that 800 kg thing, I just. Right now I'm I'm going based off of who's just gonna win nationals. Right. You guys are all gonna be on the same platform at one meet. It's not gonna be Sheffield, it's not gonna be IPF Worlds, it's going to be at the USAPL Nationals. I think Michael has the best chance of winning. I think last year he was he was in the driver's seat for a bit. He was showing that he made like substantial progress if he improves on upon his deadlift, which it looks like he is, I think he can take it. Um With that being said, you obviously have a great chance of doing that as well because you two are pretty close. And Austin, I said it before in the podcast, he's going to dominate for, if he doesn't win it this year, or he's going to dominate eventually. There's just going to be some point where that guy just dominates at 74 kg weight class because I truly believe that one day you guys, you and Michael will be dominating 83
1: yeah, I, I actually like the sound of that, too. That's that's kind of where I was headed, too.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I can imagine, like, Russ is going to, like, way out, go to 198 or something, maybe Noriega, too. And then it's like, I'm going to have finally this chance maybe to break into top five. And then, no, 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 no. Michael C. and Ricky Co. are already pretty much, like, stronger <laughs> than you, dude. So they're going to start battling at 83 together and then putting crazy numbers. And I'll probably just sit there, like, with a big deadlift and be like, well, I have a podcast at least. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, I got the world record deadlift. Well, so I, got, I, got a, I got a podcast, right? so whatever. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, I, I like that Uh, here. So, again, I'll, I'll talk about it in briefing. Um, this is what I think is going to happen. And this is why 800 kg total is so important. Oh, yeah, okay. and it, it
0: is incredibly important. I'm just like i i just can't say that the race 800 is real i'm just talking about had to, had to have that competition i just love that i just too, love the. i love that you guys are all competing on the same day at like a prime time stage at a huge meet i just love that now the race 800 to me just falls in that driver's like that that second hand like it's it's like second place on the podium i mm-hmm. just love when you guys compete together that's cool me
1: too me too i i definitely love that as well i I wrote this on my story. I don't think anyone's going to get 800 until Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we all have a chance. I think I have a shot, I think, except for Taylor, in my opinion. Uh, I'll delve into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is what I think is going to happen. This is why I think 800 is so important because a lot of people, um, you know, as publicized as 800 was, people have been making stories saying, oh, it's not that important, whatever, okay? This is why it's so important. One, uh, no no lifter has ever hit 800 at 74, okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that's the obvious right there. But two... Uh, the person that hits 800 will be the number one lifter, IPF points, of all of the USAPL and IPF. Mm-hmm. They, they will be number one undisputed. They will be higher than Russ, they will be higher than Brett Gibbs, and they will be higher than Taylor Atwood
0: Yeah,
1: uh, when he was at his prime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's why I think it's so important. and. Obviously there's gonna be a lot of discrepancy between the meets that we compete in. I believe Michael's competing first at the Arnold. Uh, he's gonna have the advantages of the uh, the fat pad. The rogue fat pad.
0: Wait, hold on, is that confirmed? Is that confirmed? It should be, oh. right? Because it's, I uh, mean, I would um, love that. That'll be such a good news for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm only gonna assume so because it's so close to the rogue headquarters. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's what I um, that's what me and Joe talked about too, but I've been not training on the fat pad for the reason that I just don't want to get used to it and get, like, an ER rack uh, it's, or something. It's so amazing. It's a awesome. It's, it's awesome. A, we have two. We have two at my gym. It's yeah, awesome. It's amazing. I it. I,
1: if I were you, I'd probably train on that anyway because it's probably in your best interest, too. I'm, I'm going to assume that they're going to use the fat pad.
0: Me, um, but, um, yeah. Yeah, me too. But if that's confirmed, awesome. Good news. All yeah. Right, continue.
1: My, Michael, yeah, Michael's going to have the advantages of that, and I only think he's going to go uh, 800 v he totals 9 out of 9, which... Um, and, and, look, this isn't a jab at anyone. I'm just talking about it analytically. Uh, I don't think he's doing 9-9 nine nine, um, because I think one of his squats might get called for depth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as strong as the kid is uh, – I'm calling him kid. He's, like, the same age as me. As strong as Michael is, one of my top competitors, uh, he doesn't hit depth in, like, a few of his squats.
0: Yeah, I the last one he posted, I would call him high. Yeah. From that angle, yeah, now, it if it's side, it would be different. But it was – I mean – If I was on the side, it's on that borderline. So if it's borderline, a red light is not completely ridiculous to say. Mm -hmm.
1: And he will be competing on a quote-unquote international stage. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's going to be a little bit more uh, tension for him. He'll be traveling. So that's him, right? Taylor, he's injured. Um, I think Taylor is only going to regress from this point on. And I'm just saying that again analytically because I've seen his squats and I've never seen him squat high but he has been squatting incredibly high for a weight that is almost like nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like 400 pounds. Um, and he hasn't posted much. He might be hiding it, but I think it just might be because he's not hitting impressive weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he will be competing on a different circumstance. Mm-hmm. Now for me, uh, I'll be competing in the local meet, but I'm not going to have the fat pad and, um, it's going to be money meat. So this one, uh, is probably going to range between like, two to four thousand dollars for first place okay um so that that's another type of pressure um but in the end it's not the same because it is local and then austin right these all, all these things like first firstly get, get 800 will be amazing mm-hmm. uh but really the most important one will be how we perform in nationals when everyone's together uh taylor might not be injured we're not gonna have a fat pad it's gonna be uh the biggest national meet in the u.s so yeah, I mean, that that's the rough breakdown on everything.
0: Yeah, and I completely agree. Like, 800 is huge. And when we're talking about dethroning Taylor, you are talking about dethroning the best pound-for-pound lifter in IPF and USAPL. That mm-hmm. is – because right now – and I've, I've said it since I've started Two White Lights – People still think that Russ Orhi is the best lifter in IPF and USAPL, and it is Taylor, uh, Atwood. Uh, yeah, it is Taylor, Taylor Atwood. Atwood. It is Taylor Atwood. It is Taylor. Down, I'm like, he, because uh, Russ is the face of USAPL, but it is Taylor Atwood. He is the guy who is the best. He's won mm-hmm. best overall lifter in IPF World Championships. He has a really good chance to do it at Sheffield as well. But I think when you're talking about dethroning that guy, we are looking at not only the best lifter at 74 kg, the best lifter in the world. like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm saying best lifter in the world, not just in USAPL and IPF. I'm saying the best lifter in the world because oh, raw, drug-tested... I know... I think uh, on my last podcast with uh, with uh, uh, Snur, we were talking about... I know USPA guys really get their panties up in a twist when I talk about drugs and talk about how USAPL and IPF is the truest form of competition because... There is just no drugs involved. Mm. That is, like, the most pure form of competition. Stiff bar. Same rules apply for everyone. No drugs. Nothing really helping you. And you have a chance to be the strongest person to ever do it. Although people might not think that, it is a legitimate argument that you might be the best to ever do it if you dethrone Taylor and total 800 KG.
1: Yeah, that's such a big, uh, big statement, especially... Just one year from his performance at uh, Sweden where uh, no one thought anyone was going to be even close. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, look what's happening. There's three guys on his tail, and he's injured. So, hey, look, like the king might fall down. It's inevitable in my opinion.
0: For sure. And if you listen to the podcast that I did right after IPF Worlds, we were talking the same way. I was still having that take that Taylor Atwood's the best lifter in the world, and it's not Russ or he. I really would like to have people stop saying that it's Russ. Um, even though he's top three, which is incredible, but we were not mentioning Austin, we were not mentioning you, we were not mentioning Michael, at all. Like, at all. Mm-hmm. Then, just like, three months go by, I was actually first bought on to Austin. Austin was the guy that I looked at, I'm like, whoa, this guy is ridiculous. I mm-hmm. looked at his lifts. I was like, he is so technically sound, he's a single play guy, too, which is, in my opinion, badass. When you can go single play and then you can jump down to Raw, I think that that adds to your ability as a lifter. Um, mm. Then I looked and I, I I was bought onto Michael's page, and I was like this guy. And I was just in all of his bench press. Then I saw you, and then technically proficient in all three. Where I saw your deadlift, I'm like, oh, I could kind of look at that deadlift and use a little things for me on that, and then squat your low bar. But it's still extremely technically proficient too. And your bench, I would I would love to have your bench. Like I would kill I would kill two people to have your bench. Cause Thank you,
1: man. Appreciate that. It's a it's
0: a great arc. It's something that I'm trying to do and I'm mm-hmm. trying to learn because if you talk to Joe, like he's like, Yeah, you have to learn how to bench. Like we, we gotta we gotta like deconstruct <laughs> everything that you do because you're not you think you're doing things but you're really not.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, man. I feel like you, the position you're in now is kind of where I was last year when it comes to uh how how, uh, how much your squatting deadlift is compared to your bench.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know,
1: only ways up from here.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was, and yeah, it's, it's, people thought that that was going to be the sport, and it's not. It's n- now we have three guys, and people are, I'm included, saying like Austin is going to be a problem for 10 years about because he's young, he's light, he's a small dude, and he could just continuously compete at 74 until he decides not to anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is, it, the rivalry is good for the sport. I kind of poked fun at it, like, during nationals, how it was kind of being overplayed. But I think once you start getting just really good competitions and really good numbers, the rivalry is going to be natural.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about it. Like, the most amount of lifters are in the 74 class. That's just where people's body weight tend to lie around for men. Yeah. Um, this is going to end up happening for 66, 83 uh, and every single weight class uh, outside of the 74 eventually mm-hmm. it just happens that there's the most competition in the 74 kg class right now yeah. so that's the we're, we're just like the pioneers of this right now but it's just going to happen it's going to be every class eventually
0: yeah and i do and i'm still surprised people are saying 83 is the most stacked because i don't know how you could oh, say 83s are stacked when Russell he has a bad meet at nationals that's not a good meet yet and he dominated still yeah, he still I beat guess. us pretty easily. He, I mean, he. I mean, I guess I have a little like you know feather in my cap that I like matched his deadlift, and we had like, but like, holy, he almost had the highest of all three lifts. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that's pretty insane, and I just the the, the quality lifters of course is gray in eighty three, but stacked. I don't, I don't know about that.
1: Listen, listen. It's like just think about it this way, guys. You see the top lifts of the seventy four kg weight class. And they were all higher than the top lifts of the eighty-three kg weight class. Yeah, uh, maybe not in terms of total, but just on an individual basis, just use that. Like that's it's like to me, it's like there's no comparison, and people say it's equal, and it's like, guys, it's really not. It's not equal at all. Like you see guys like Michael, totaling seven ninety weekly. I've totaled seven eighty uh, a month back, and I'll be doing something again in two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, Austin Perkins literally could do that if you wanted to right now. Um, it's just, like, it's unprecedented, and for someone to, like, not understand that it's so different, it's not even close between 83 and 73.
0: Well, yeah, and then, I mean, you can even look at Noriega. Noriega had a poor meet. He would mm-hmm. tell you would be the first one to admit he had a really bad meet. He was second. He still finished second uh, with a bad meet to Russ's. Now, Jamar, Jamar had himself a good meet, and he's, I think, slowly climbing the ranks where he's going to be within that top three consistently for a long time. But, mm-hmm. I I mean, that was – I, and I think you could talk to Marcus. You could talk to a lot of people who just said they were not happy at all with their meets, and they all finished with, like, in the same place. Right. No one like, has ever – I mean, even if they had nine for nine meets, I don't think they're going to beat Russ.
1: Yeah, like, Marcus is moving up. Sean had a 70-pound uh, loss on his squat in the last year, mm-hmm. uh, and still plays second, so it was probably one of his worst performances. Um, I don't know, it's just like, to me, no question about it, it's just 74, for the time being, is mm-hmm. is uh, king when it comes to competi- uh, competition.
0: Yeah, so let me ask you this, like, there, there's those four obvious guys, below that, below those four, who who are the guys that you look at? Who, for the 83s? For
1: 74. Oh, for 74.
0: Who's 74s where you're like, damn, I'm... <laughs> pretty impressed by this dude in the couple years he could be possibly within that top three i'll play
1: the villain slash right now i'm just gonna call out like everyone that i think there's an issue i I don't look at anyone outside of the top four including myself uh, Mm -hmm. because there are some huge issues with a lot of people right now so i'll just go and say it um i already told you that c has depth issues uh taylor also has depth issues he's injured kevin tran depth issues jacob ramos depth issues um and realistically, if you haven't totaled seven hundred and forty in the last meet, uh, you're you're very far behind.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was always like, because I still think there's just terrific competitors like below that four range, like because everyone's talking oh, about Gage, four. right?
1: Gage too.
0: Well, Gage, I love Gage. He's my boy. But yeah, he's definitely got to drop in. He's got to break the top ten. For yeah,
1: he uh, he like I I watch him. I follow him. Mm-hmm. He has been doing. Fairly poorly recently, which is very strange because he was like smoking it for on nationals. So I'm just assuming that you know, by the time like an important meet comes up, he'll probably end up uh, being a little bit more serious and getting those numbers all the way back up to. I can't imagine uh, if he stays at the same level he's at now, he's not going to break top ten. But you know, I can I can see him being top ten easily.
0: Yeah, we're at this point where you know we're only looking at those four, and because of those four are amazing. I still mm. always recognize just really good lifters. And I'm no. always, I'm just always involved with people who are breaking that top 10. So right. whoever's yeah, breaking, who's ever breaking that top 10, I'm looking and I'm just admiring. I think Gage is a definite top 10 lifter. But mm-hmm. again, what we just said, we're talking about tr- people trying to become the best lifter in the world. Not the best 74, the best lifter in the world. It is not going to be you're jumping from nine to, to the best lifter in the world it's just not happening yeah it's just yeah it
1: really doesn't man
0: it it doesn't and i mean if you think that's gonna happen that you're, it's a pipe dream it just doesn't happen overnight now in a few years you know like three or four years very similar what happened to 74s recently of course we can have that but right now like i just you know you're you're high on piss and vinegar if you think that you're gonna yeah, be breaking yeah, yeah. that top three out of nowhere, like and but if dude, we're talking about 74s breaking like a seven fifty kg total. That's it's, nuts. Yeah. That's ridiculous, and that doesn't even make you that competitive, and you can't even podium with that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's not even a podium position. You can't podium with a seven fifty kg total. But if you mm-hmm. get a seven fifty kg total, be proud about that. Be happy. Be it's because that is a incredible feat.
1: No, definitely that's why I put up the 740 uh, like baseline there because you might be totaling 760 in your in your training but uh, if you have like a 700 kg me total I don't think it's necessarily gonna happen um, all four of us have above a 740 kg total and we're totaling around like 770 to 790 which is already world record status mm-hmm. um, so for for like you to assume that they're gonna make a jump between 700 to 800. Uh, it's just, it's so foolish, man. It's so foolish. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though. We'll we'll give him that, like, that situation between me and Gage was, uh, very fun, right? Me and Mike and all these other guys, like... But, and
0: then, it was so, like, prompted by so many other people who just like Gage, and... Oh, dude. Oh, my God. It was, it was, it was like, they were poking the bear, like, trying to get some shit-talking generated, and of course, it's gonna happen, and I was sitting there like, dude, Gage is a great lifter. But mm-hmm. why just, like, throw, like, why just try to start something there? And then, of course, if if and if someone insults you, you're probably going to be offended.
1: Oh, dude, for sure. Like, that. that's, I didn't, I, I was always friends with Gage before then. Mm-hmm. And I, I only responded because he, like, quite frankly, just started talking shit about me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like, if it's going to be like that, then fine. Like, you talk about me, I'll talk about you. Yeah. And that's Level playing field, but then yeah, like the Texas group, all those Texas guys, you guys love powerlifting, you guys have your whatever, like you can equip lift in high school, I don't really care, yeah. but um, man, they are a very uh, click,
0: they are. I mean, and it's a big click to be a part of Texas because there's so many, so many powerlifters there, there's yeah. way too many of them. All right, I'm gonna ask you this one last question, I'm gonna let you go. FMK, you know how to play that, right? Yeah, yeah. Is
1: this the? Uh, are we doing the speed round with as many questions, or is this a separate one?
0: No, we're just because we did we did a word association uh, last uh, time. So I'm gonna do yeah. FMK. One really simple one. And I think you know it's coming. FMK, Taylor Atwood, Austin Perkins, Michael C.
1: Oh man, that's ooh. Okay, uh, this is an easy one. I'll I will marry Michael because the dude is a sweetheart. I love like, Michael. I, I love him. He is like. He's a good-looking motherfucker, too. Like, he's good-looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I can curse on this, right? It's not a big issue. You're good. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, Michael's good-looking. I'll marry him. Uh, that, that's a dude I want by my side, right? And he's he is the OG uh, competitor to me. Like, we've been rivaling since 2018 Raw Nationals uh, all the way up until 2020 – or 2018, 2019 Raw Nationals. Now, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, automatically kill Taylor.
0: Mm-hmm. That's expected. Yeah. Uh, I hope he doesn't kill you first, because like I've said prior to the show, he's starting to really resemble Christian Bale's character in American Psycho, so, you gotta hope yeah, he doesn't yeah, do that. I
1: don't think he can, no, he probably
0: won't if he can't walk, though, you know what I'm saying, so. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't underestimate, don't underestimate the will of American Psycho. That'd be a good uh, nickname for him.
1: I mean, no, that would be, honestly, he would hate it, but. Uh, I'll say this right now to you, man. Taylor is going to regress from this point, and that is my prediction. I'll put plus four hundred, whatever that means. <laughs> okay,
0: good. I mean, that you did you did it correctly. Yeah, plus four hundred okay, means okay, there's good, less good. chance that he's going to win the Sheffield. Yeah, you think he's going yeah. to Sheffield?
1: Uh, no. Okay. I think he's going to start – I believe that Brett's going to win Sheffield, and I think that Taylor's going to start regressing.
0: Uh, I, I am amped. Like, for, permanently. I yeah. am – this is probably one of the – I was watching a little bit of hybrid, but I am amped to see Sheffield. I am actually very oh, excited yeah, to see it's it. going to
1: be so good, man. Yeah. It's going to be so good. All right. And then uh and then I'll fuck Austin because he's so small and I can toss him around, so it'll be fun.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Austin. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure you would appreciate it. So, yeah, it's a really good position to be in. Yeah. But, yeah, I like that. That's that's a pretty good list. Yeah, cool, cool. Dude, thank you again for coming on. As always, it was fire. Yeah, man, thank you so much. Uh, before I leave,
1: I want to shout out RP Diet, if you guys are trying to lose some weight, and then my uh, supplement um, supplement sponsor, Core Nutritionals. Those are uh, just two things that I believe in right now, and I've been taking, uh, helping with my weight loss. If you guys are interested, use code PUG. And, yeah, man, this is so fun. This is my second time being on this, and hopefully I can uh, come back in the future.
0: For sure, you're a reoccurring guest, so if I tell you to come on, you're legally obligated to do that. <laughs> yeah, I stole oh, that from yeah, another man. podcast. Shout out, is it real? part of my take. Oh yeah, shout out, part oh, of yeah. my take. I love that show, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, okay.
1: I was gonna say like Joe Rogan. <laughs> no. no, no,
0: Joe <laughs> Rogan. In my, if I'm gonna have a hot take to end the show, Joe Rogan's podcast is way overrated. But
1: uh no, it's so good because of the quality of the guests. The Not quality of the guests, but.
0: Him. If you talk for three hours, there's going to be 40 minutes of it that's just not listenable, and I'm oh, going yeah. to not listen anymore, and I don't – like, when does the 40 minutes of non-listenable stuff end? Um, yeah,
1: highlights, man. Highlights. That's all I got to do.
0: Highlights. Yeah, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's like you need a sports center for Joe Rogan's uh, podcast because it's hey, three hours. YouTube idea, fourteen oh highlights, man. Come on. like Oh, that's
1: such a good idea. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, all right, well – I'm taking all the profits off that, and you're getting none of it. So thank okay. you for the idea. Just,
1: just have, just have on the podcast. I'll be fine, bro.
0: All right, cool. <laughs> all right, man. Again, thank you for coming on, and definitely have you on again sometime. All right, peace. Peace.